1: Welcome to the RotoWire DFS podcast brought to you by fantasydraft.com. Use the promo code ROTOZONE for a 100% deposit bonus over at FantasyDraft. Com. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Ricciardi as we break down the Wednesday NBA DFS slate. You can always find Benny on Twitter at bennyr uh, and over at Rotocurve, RotoWire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings Playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Josh FS. The Rotowire DFS podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you get a chance to rate and review us, don't forget to share and subscribe. Benicio, welcome to another week of DFS.
2: hey. It's, uh, you know, really never stops for me because now that NBA season's going on, go right into, <clears throat> right into the next day's NBA stuff right after the NFL games finished last night. So had a couple decent sweats in NFL and NBA yesterday. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can, uh, keep that going. Uh, you know, making money is definitely a good thing.
1: Yeah. I uh, just, we just keep it moving. That's all we do, you know, so, um, that's a, it's a very strong, Um, a point to emphasize here is the DFS is, is like a, sometimes you have to pick dates that you might actually want off, give yourself a day off, because it is like a seven day a week thing, unless you're just addicts, like we are. You know what I mean? And,
2: well, I mean, I, I tell you all the time, like, I'm a, I'm not a fan of the smaller NBA slates. So, you know, a lot of times on Thursday night when there's only three or four games you know i i won't play or maybe i'll just throw in like a 3 dollar lineup in the in the sharpshooter on draftkings or something just you know so so i have something to, while i'm watching the games to uh you know kind of sweat with but you know that's that's a big thing i mean if you're not comfortable with the slate if you don't think that it's uh you know a good one that you know you you have a good chance of making money at then you know th- there's nothing that says you have to play every day
1: yeah absolutely but you know what we're doing playing every day.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, with, with that with that being said, yeah, I mean, I pretty much play right. all, all the big slates. I want to have something, uh, you know, something in there. But again, I mean, we're looking at this every single day. You know, some people, you know, this isn't their job. Sometimes life gets in the way. You got kids, you got, you know, your job, you got other stuff going on and you can't play every day. And that's the, the the beauty of it. You know, when you have the time to sit down and you have a night off and you can watch, you know, two or three different games and you want to be involved in it. You know, you can pick and choose when you want to play and when you want to sit it out. So that's that's, uh you know, something that I like about this, uh you know, daily fantasy game we play.
1: Right. So and but you know what it also does is it becomes increasingly more difficult to watch. When you know you don't have action, you know what I mean? Like you're dialed in when you're in there and you're like, "Um, oh, I don't remember the last time I watched a sport and there, I just like did not have some sort of rooting interest or sweat. I mean aside from my own like favorite teams, you know what I mean? So uh, that's just how DFS does. It transforms you and uh, we're going to help you be a part of that positive transformation today. we got some great stuff coming up on today's show. So we've actually been getting some questions on Twitter, uh, Benny, and we've talked about this here in the pre-show, about the lineup optimizer that we talk about and um, how you can use the lineup optimizer, what you should be doing um, with this optimizer in order for you to win, because I think people are just taking the optimizer and sort of rolling it out into their lineups and being like, hey, what happened? I think I'm doing something wrong here. I didn't win using the the lineup optimizer. So... Um, we're going to help some people out here the, the Lineup optimizer is a baseline uh, ladies and gentlemen for uh what you should be doing in your uh dfs lineup so for depend you know depending on the sites that you're you're sort you're talking about here so um, we're going to give you a little uh, tutorial uh, right right now, and so we're going to start with DraftKings for for Tuesday. Now we're using Tuesday, even though we always talk about um, you know recording and posting shows a day in advance. But um, optimizers and the stats available are only uh, available same day to give you the most updated information. Now one thing also that you have to note, I think there's like some sort of um, stats push or update right around. Um, one PM Eastern time ish, I guess or before there. So um like a guy like Ty Lawson for whatever reason keeps popping up in like the early default optimizer. Obviously Ty Lawson is not uh you know an optimized play. We have seen this get corrected later on in the day. So I'll talk to support about that, but you know, just you know it very simply all you have to do is just X out Ty um Ty Lawson and refresh and you'll get a you'll get a better option in the slap. So here's the default lineup for DraftKings Benny. We've got D'Angelo Russell at point. And uh, by the way, this is a four game slate if I'm correct yes yes okay so for for tuesday so um and the and the rest of the plays we're going to uh give are for wednesday like a a day in advance 36 hours advance like we always do so just a quick disclaimer here so the optimizers are going to be talking about tuesday's action and you know you can sort of just use this as a reference point for everybody who set a a tuesday lineup on DraftKings. okay uh d'angelo russell kobe bryant chris milton uh kevin martin rudy gay trevor ariza demarcus cousins and gerald solinger are currently in the optimizer is that how you have it shaken out as well
2: um you know what i actually started playing around with it already and locking a couple guys in so mine's a little different but i think that was the original one that pops up if you don't lock anybody in or take anybody out or i think i took ty lawson out right and that's how we got to there was the only the only way that the only difference okay
1: so Um, The first thing I I, I like to do uh, with this optimizer here, Benny, is take a look at the top projected play that they want to use, the top salary guy, which is DeMarcus Cousins on DraftKings at 10.2, okay, and decide, am I comfortable with him as my anchor play? All right, and um, do I and the and the way that you can sort of do that is take a look at the projection below him for that position, which is power forward, and say, okay, for he's projected at fifty-seven points. Can I make a case for anybody who can also potentially get me that sort of you know point ceiling or that point range for cheaper, or do I feel like there's somebody that is on this list, that is a tremendous value. That is just such a net more, such a, a much more outstanding value than DeMarcus Cousins. That I should pull him as my anchor play out of the lineup and sub in a different guy. So that's the first question to you.
2: Um, well, I mean, you're looking at this game uh, tonight. There's a couple things that are <clears throat> a couple things that are working in Cousins' favor. For starters, um, you know, and this is actually where using the optimizer is part science and also part art. And that's kind of the thing I want people to understand. So let's let's look at it this way first. You look at that Sacramento Houston game and it's the highest total that we have on the board today. So using a high priced guy like the Marcus Cousins in the highest total game that I think is almost at like two twenty, two nineteen and a half or something like that, makes a lot of sense because you expect that the guys who get higher usage are gonna do better in games where there's a higher total, especially if they're guys that are, you know, somewhat relying on points to get more of their fantasy points. So, for me, Cousins does make a lot of sense here. And you also have to think, and this is where I say it's part art and part science, you also have to use the art part of it and think about the game that you have here. Um, Rajon Rondo, you know, said something derogatory to one of the referees, um, in their last game and is suspended for this game. So you're now taking the usage that Rondo had out of the equation for Sacramento, which also should tick up the Marcus cousins as well. So there are multiple things, high total, you know, one of the other high usage guys on his team, not being in there. So him having to pick up the slack, there are multiple things that are all working together here in the Marcus cousins favor. So for me, I would agree completely with the optimizer that Cousins is probably the top play on the night and somebody who, you know, should be in a lot of your lineups in this situation.
1: Yeah, I, I uh, a thousand percent agree. So um, th- this is the way that I, that I'm sort of looking at this here is so we've checked off that box there. We say Demarcus Cousins makes us make sense as a play. Top total, great defensive matchup. You know nobody else has the ceiling, so he's in there. And the, the, I'm glad that you mentioned that as a game total. So a game total is you know uh, is a is a total that especially in GPPs and even in cash you're trying to get. um the best values out of that, out of that lineup with that top total on the board. And you can see head and shoulders above the rest Two nineteen and a half and a half crushes everything else on the board. So you're trying to get exposure to all the best spots of that, that you can, um, in, in this lineup today. So that's, that's, that's your starting point, uh, is there you? So we say yes, we do feel comfortable about power forward. Now, what we're trying to do here is evaluate the rest of the lineup optimizer and see, okay, where can we do better? Because every time we make a case for a better play, especially if it's a salary saving situation, um, at the, you know, in um, the optimizer. So by the way, we're going to click the lock button on Demarcus Cousins. So every time we refresh the optimizer and change it, it's going, and when you add players to the mix, it's going to try to keep giving you, Um, better players uh, every time you free up salary, okay? Or give you the next option if you decided to pay up for a guy and, you know, give you the the next best guy up if you said, hey, I really have to spend money on James Harden today as well. You know, can I create a lineup that's has cousins and Harden, and still looks like it's a it's a it's a, a playable lineup. So we'll go ahead and start the point guard position uh, here. Benny, point guard and guard in the next two spots that we're going to take a look at. What would you do? W- um, so the default for the optimizer, by the way, was D'Angelo Russell at fifty three hundred and Kobe Bryant at six k. What what's your move here?
2: All right. Well, what I actually usually like to do, <clears throat> I like to lock in the guys who are going to be my definite plays, and then let the optimizer give me the ideas of who I can use to fill out a lineup. Mm -hmm. So to go back to the example we were just talking about, we know that Rajon Rondo today is not going to be in the game. Mm -hmm. Now, this is actually why, like, you can run the optimizer early in the morning and you can get a completely different set of guys than you will if you run it closer to lineup lock. So for people who use the optimizer, I would tell you that, you know, it's okay to run it in the morning and get like your first draft kinda, but I like to run it later on in the day closer to the lineup lock where we have a little bit more information. Sure. So one of the one of the first things I would do is knowing that Rondo is out, again, part art, part science, think about who's gonna benefit from Rondo not playing. And to me, knowing the Sacramento Kings, who I know is one of your favorite teams, if you don't have Rondo playing point, you're probably gonna get more minutes out of Darren Collison than they have even on the optimizer right now for Collison to play. So right now I think the optimizer has Collison with like 28 minutes or so. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And we know that if there's no, you know, Rajon Rondo, who's a guy who plays, you know, upwards of 40 minutes sometimes, you're probably going to see extra minutes going to Collison. So one of the first things I would do is go over to Collison and I would lock him in. Now, when you're doing this, sometimes – You know, again, as we say, sometimes during the day and especially right before lock, you'll get information that's late breaking news. So I like to lock in the guys that may not have the highest number on the optimizer, that the optimizer wouldn't show up, but that I know are going to outperform, you know, the number that the optimizer has either because of minutes or because of usage or because of some other situation that, you know, the optimizer isn't taking into account when the numbers are first put in there. Right. So I would lock up a guy like Darren Collison mm-hmm. and put him as as a lock as well. So not only would I lock up my favorite high-end play, like a guy like the Marcus Cousins, mm-hmm. but I'd also lock up a guy like Darren Collison, and those would be two guys that I'm like, these are two guys that I definitely want into my roster. And there's actually even a third guy that we can mention while we're talking about point guards today. You know, with um Emmanuel Moutier hurt, you're also going to have, <clears throat> Jameer Nelson playing closer to 35 to 40 minutes than the, you know, 25 to 30. He usually plays as well. So you would lock up guys like Nelson and Collison, who I think are going to be two of the best value plays that you have on a day because of the, you know, injury news and the guys being out, as well as the guy who you think is going to be the top stud on the day, like the Marcus Cousins. So the first three things I would do is I would put, you know, click the little lock button next to Collison's name. I'd click the little excuse me, the little lock button next to Jameer Nelson's name. And I clicked the little lock button next to the cousins name. And then I would refresh the optimizer and run it again, because like you were saying before, you know, guys like Collison and or Nelson could be cheaper than guys like, um, who was it that they showed up D'Angelo De- Russell and Kobe Bryant or something in those two spots. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So if you lock up those cheaper guys, Well now the optimizer has extra money to spend, so it's gonna go to guys at other positions that can give you more fantasy points than some of the guys who it might have originally given you when you were locking up guys who were five or six thousand dollars in those first two spots, as opposed to locking up, you know, Nelson at forty-five hundred or Collison at forty-nine hundred. You know, this way you're gonna get, you know, instead of like maybe a, you know, I don't want to call them like a punt play, but say you have a punt play there that's you know, a $5,000 guy who can get you 30 points. Well, now you have Jabari Parker originally, right? Okay. So like you had like Jabari Parker there, you know, who could get you 25 to 30 fantasy points. Well, now we have an extra 1500 to 2000 to spend on the optimizer. So the optimizer is going to be able to give us a better guy, which when I click the button right now, it gives me Rudy Gay, who's somebody who, again, in that same game should have a higher usage without Rondo in the high total game on the day. And, you know, is more expensive and is also gonna give me more overall fantasy points.
1: Right. And if you take a look at the projected point total too, we, we were originally sitting set with let's see here, um who did they originally have at Small Ford? Uh I f I don't know if it was a Tentacumpo or who it was um at the Small Ford position, but let's just say it was a middle of the road guy like um, you know, Trevor Ariza who, <coughs> who Oh, I'm totally fine with. Uh, well, okay, Trevor Rees is actually in the optimizer now, so that's not not the best example. But let's just say it was a middle middle tier guy, a J. Crowder type, who is projected for 26.7 fantasy points. Now, now that you've taken the optimizer up and he, they've used that cost savings to pay up from 5700 to J. Crowder all the way up to Rudy Gay at 6900, what you've done is just increased your point total ceiling here by almost 10 fantasy points. J. Crowder's projected for 26.7. Rudy Gay is projected by 35.5 because so because you were able to. To find the value at, at Darren Carlson, Jameer Nelson. You just added ten fancy points into your lineup overall. Now the mm-hmm. overall projected point total um, on the optimizer is actually going to show a lower number because you know they haven't uh, adjusted yet for you know, rage on Rondo being out and Jameer Nelson getting, getting the point bump. Okay. So, but this is how, this is why you use the optimizer as a baseline and not the end all be all for your lineups. Okay. So, um, let's go ahead and talk about what you want to do with the rest of this lineup. because, and here's the other thing too, with the optimizer too, sometimes you're going to swap out five, six guys in the optimizer. Sometimes you only swap two or three. You felt like they've nailed it pretty much. And there's only one, one or two spots that you can improve, but you're almost always going to be able to get, to get, um, A minimum of a couple guys that you can, you know, edit out of the optimizer and uh, lock in. I don't think you and I, Benny, would ever say that's the best lineup, you know, from the optimizer and say Mm -hmm. roll with that. You know, Uh, you you agree with me there?
2: Yeah, I mean, I use, you know, I use the optimizer as a baseline, right? Like I use it as my okay. Well, who are the guys? You know, because sometimes you 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 always know, and anybody who plays DFS will, will tell you this is. A lot of times you have a certain number of guys, whether it's three, whether it's five, whether it's six, who no matter what you want in your lineup. Mm -hmm. But you have to, you know, put the requisite eight or nine, depending on what site you're playing in there. And those last three guys sometimes are usually the guys that were like, you know, that's the guy that cost me the difference between winning first place and getting, you know, 50 times my money back. Or the guy who cost me, you know, missing on the bubble because those last two or three guys, you know, you made a, you made a poor decision on. So I don't use the optimizer to give me my entire lineup. There are certain guys who are going to stand out to me or guys who I feel comfortable with. And then what I want to know is what's the best combination that I can make to score the most points with the amount of money I have left and the amount of positions I have left. So like I said, just at a quick first glance looking at this, I know I want Jameer Nelson because he's gonna, you know, be seeing more minutes and, and having a big score at a low price. I know I want Darren Collison because of the Rondo situation. And I know that the Marcus Cousins are the three studs that I want. So now I, if I'm playing on DraftKings, there's five other spots I need to fill. So what I'm doing with the optimizer is trying to find out who they think those five guys are. Right. And just as an example for you, like here's the way it works for me. One of the guys that pops up on the optimizer here is Kevin Martin, who's somebody that wouldn't normally have been on my radar. He's not somebody that I play often. Right. But when I saw his name on the optimizer, now I'm going back and looking at his game logs. So I'll go to, you know, whatever wherever you go to look up game logs back, or, you know, cool. even reference
1: if you, is a popular place. So Yeah,
2: or even if you just click on, you know, his you look, name and DraftKings, DraftKings, DraftKings or FanDuel or, 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 or yeah, whatever site you're on. Right. You know, you click on it and when I click on it, I notice Well, hey, this guy's been like $4,000 for the last week or two. His minutes are up to, he played 40, 40, and 24 in the last three games. He scored 43, 31, and 25 fantasy points. So that's like 11x, seven and a half x and six x based on his value. So all of a sudden now I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, I didn't have Kevin Martin on my radar, but he's popping up on the optimizer you know, let me still go double check. You don't just blindly throw these guys in your lineup because the optimizer says so. You know, you go and you look at all the other factors that we talk about every day when we're picking our players. So I see Kevin Martin is in a game against Denver, and I say to myself, well, hey, Denver's one of those teams that plays at a high pace, gives up a lot of fantasy points. Here's Martin, a guy who's been playing literally twice as many minutes as he had been a couple games before. You know, yeah, he hasn't really been on my radar, but you know, looking at his numbers, he probably should be. So now I just got a guy who I wasn't thinking about and probably wouldn't have played. And now I'm going to be like, Hey, he might be a guy that I need to lock into my lineup at this point.
1: Yeah. I I totally agree with you there as well. So, um, so now we've improved the the, the small four positions with Rudy Gay and Trevor Ariza, which are, to me, like you've just got two or more players um, into the top total on the board. And normally we don't have to – I don't know if I'm going to have like four guys of exposure into a game in normal circumstances, but this is absolutely what you want on a four-game slate with a total of 219 that's 15 points higher than the rest of the schedule. So you're I'm fine with yeah. Trevor Ariza and Gay. I think that's about two two of the best plays that you can make in my mind. You, you agree with me there?
2: Yeah, I mean, again, you know, this is again going back to the art and the science of it all. You know, again, Josh and I always talk to you guys about you want to you want to target guys that are in the highest total games. You want to target guys in games that are going to be close, that aren't going to be blowouts, that have a high total. You know, this is a two twenty spread when the next highest spread is what two oh four on a day or something like that. Yeah, and you know the you uh, the next highest total. I mean, and the spread in this game is only two points, so you got to figure. The game's gonna stay close, meaning that there's a good chance the starters get their, you know, normal amount of minutes, normal amount of run. So if you're gonna have starters getting their normal amount of minutes, normal amount of run in a game that's, you know, a higher total than most of them usually see themselves in or that they usually play in, you know, this is exactly what you want. So, you know, again, you know, if in cash games, sometimes you don't want too much exposure to one game at a time. But in a tournament, if this game is 15 points higher than all the rest of them, and these are the guys that are the most likely to get you 5, 6, 7x value. I would have no problem rolling three or four guys from one game on a small slate like this because there's a good chance that that's where the most fantasy points are going to come from. So it makes perfect sense to me to do it.
1: All right. Fair enough. And so then we come back, um, to the, uh, last spot in the optimizer here, which is, uh, Jared Sillinger, uh, at, at, at center. Um, and you take a look at the center position here. You have 6k to work with. So you have, you, you're sort of, Semi restricted by the cap, unless you can go back to small forward with the optimizer and say, okay, I'm taking a look at small forward here. We've got Rudy Gay. I've got Trevor Ariza. Do I feel like I can slide down to anybody and still, um, you know, benefit overall? Like, from, to me, the only other option that I would really be interested in on this war game slate is Omri Caspi over Trevor Ariza, and they're the same price. And I don't mm-hmm. think Omri Caspi has a higher ceiling uh, than Rudy Gay uh, yeah. in, in, my, in my mind. So.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, I actually do have something that I would change in this. Okay, let's... Um, so, you know, again, looking at the art of this all, you know that lately, for some reason, Jared Sullinger has been seeing less minutes. Sure. Um, Kalio Linick has been playing well, so he's been getting more minutes. But the projection systems are based off of, you know, a whole a whole algorithm that basically takes into account, you know, the average points that the guy's scoring, the average minutes that he plays, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But... You look at it and you say, well, you know what? Sully's kind of in the doghouse lately. He hasn't, he's been playing, you know, a lot less minutes than he normally does. He's, you know, not producing the way he normally does. He's not doing what he normally does. I don't know if I would feel really comfortable rolling him out there in a lineup. So, you know, you can look and say, okay, Sully is 6,100. So you can exclude him from the lineup and then run the, you know, optimizer again and see if it gives you a better option or if it actually changes a couple things around to get, you know, some better players into that lineup for you. So when you exclude Sully thinking that he's not going to be the best play, what it actually does is it'll give you Kobe Bryant when you run, run the optimizer again. So again, you don't take this stuff directly as gospel. Now what you do is you take Kobe Bryant. And you say, all right, well, let me take a look and see what Kobe Bryant's been doing lately and if he makes more sense to me than Jared Selinger. And they're completely in the opposite situation, whereas Sellinger is seeing less minutes and, and putting up less value in the last couple of games and producing less than he had been. You go and look at Kobe and you say, well, hey, his minutes are up, his shots are up, his points are up, his rebounds are up, his assists are up you know, Kobe's a guy who's on the upswing that's been giving you, you know, he went seven and a half times value in his last game. He's gone five X in, you know, two of his last six. So, you know, in half of his last six games, he's given you five and a half X or better. So I would feel a little more comfortable rolling a guy like Kobe out there than I would a guy like Jared Sellinger. So just because the optimizer spit out Sellinger to me when I first looked at it, you know, while I go in and look at the numbers and look at the matchups and look at what I can get out of it, I'm more comfortable using a guy like Kobe so at that point I would take Solinger out of the lineup you know which you can do by hitting that little X to exclude him and then you know when you run the optimizer again the guy it spits out is Kobe. so now you go and look at Kobe and I'm a lot more comfortable having Kobe in my lineup in this matchup than I would have been having Selinger in my lineup. And even if you think about the game, you know Sollinger's going up against Cleveland who's a very good defensive team. So I don't usually like to take a lot of guys against Cleveland. Boston is a higher pace team than Cleveland is, so Sullinger's in a game where he's actually getting paced down a little bit. So it makes sense to me to look for another option outside of Sullinger, and the option that it spit out to me is Kobe. When I look at the numbers for Kobe, I'm like, you know what? This makes sense because he's been playing five or six times value often in his last couple games. I like the matchup against Milwaukee here, so I would substitute Kobe in at that point and put him in my lineup instead of Sullinger. And you may hate Kobe. You may like Sellinger more. You may hate one of the other guys that the optimizer spits out. Could be somebody that you have a personal vendetta against. It could be somebody that you just don't like playing. It could be a situation where you think, man, I think the Lakers are going to get blown out here, so I don't want any guys on the Lakers in here. So, you know, basically what you do is you just take all the guys that it spits out on the Lakers and exclude them and see what the best options that it will give you outside of that is. So like I said, the, the projection system is like your starting point, but you still got to do the, the work and the research and the, you know, situation where you say, is this guy really the best guy to play? Because, you know, sometimes you might have different feelings about it than, you know, the optimizer or, you know, what the pure numbers just say based on that fact. And, you know, the, the combination of using the, you know, the, the, the math of the optimizer and using you know, your knowledge of basketball or football or whatever sport you're running the optimizer for is how you ultimately wind up with the lineup that you want to roll out there on a daily basis. So that, that's the way I look at it.
1: Right. And so I think Benny just laid out like a good outline. We sort of give you an overview of how you can use the optimizer to create a, a better lineup. But you certainly shouldn't be using the default and and rolling with that. You're going to need to to make some tweaks, and then when lineup clock comes as well, and there's some last minute injuries or scratches, you might need to make some more tweaks there as well. Uh, what I like to do for the optimizer and the projections that are available. And by the way, if, you know, if you want to go over this, like we just talked about, you can go to rotowire.com/pod, get a free 10-day trial for the optimizer, and use every um, site that your heart desires. Eight different sites. I also highly recommend Fancy draft, not just because they're a current sponsor of the podcast, but for those of you people who may be struggling with your DFS lineups or you know, bouncing around and trying to figure out how to get the optimal plays in. fancy drafts makes it super easy with removing the lineup restrictions. You just need guards. You don't need point guards or shooting guards. You just need forwards or centers. So it's a lot easier to come up with a lineup that you feel the most comfortable with because the position flexibility rules are so lax. On that site, so, uh, and then we'll talk about that in a more later on the show. But make sure you take advantage. We've given you the tools to sort of uh, figure out how you should be plugging in, playing here with the optimizer. Uh, so rotowire.com/pod free 10-day trial. Try it out. Uh, get some lineups going. Play, play around with the optimizer. See how you can. We've given you the tools to sort of tweak how you can get these optimal plays. And this is what you do, by the way. We're going into the Wednesday slate like we always do, and we're going to give you our top point guard options. And value options at every position, and you can take notes with the the guys that we recommend versus the optimizer there as well. And you're like, oh, you know what? That's a great idea. I didn't think about Darren Carlson today. I'm going to take him out, and then I'm going to sub him in, and then let's see what else I can do with, with that extra money, that found money that, uh, you know, Benny and Josh just gave us with these top plays. And we're giving you value plays and top plays, or we'll tell you that there's no value play that we like at every position, every single show that we do. So if you combine this podcast here with the optimizer that you can try for free, um, and you're going to be able to get be- val- value options and top plays at any one of those positions that you like. We're going to give you as many opportunities to get, uh, the best information possible for your DFS lineups. So that's how you get it done guys boom you can thank me later all right (laughs) let's go ahead and get into the thursday slate here a little bit behind so we're trying i'm going to try to limit like uh my uh you know jibber jabber here um and we'll start at the point guard position here benny your top options on the 24 team slate for wednesday's action
2: yeah, this is this is a huge slate for us. Um, I really like Steph Curry for cash in this one. Phoenix is a team that plays at a, at a really high pace. They've been giving up some big numbers to point guards so far this year. You know, Steph is very expensive, so I don't know if I would roll him out there in tournaments, but I think he's probably the top overall option on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I'm going to be paying up at the point guard spot for at least one guy, whether it's Steph against Phoenix, whether it's... uh Uh, you know, I I actually like, excuse me, I'm a little under the weather today, if you can't tell. Um, I actually like Westbrook and Lillard in this game because both of those teams give up a lot to point guards and they play at a really high pace. So I feel like that game's going to have a really high total going to be going to see a lot of points in there. And you obviously are going to have a lot of trouble fitting more than one of those three guys into your lineups. So for cash, I think Steph is probably my favorite. Um, For a tournament, I think Russell Westbrook will probably go pretty low-owned. So I think Westbrook might be the guy who I would decide to roll for a tournament. I don't really love any of the cheap options much at the point guard spot for the Wednesday slate. Unless we get some value that opens up. You know, Jameer Nelson, Denver is not on this one. John Rondo, you know, they're not playing, but he'll be back anyway. It's just a one-game suspension. So unless I see that somebody's hurt and somebody's out where I can find some value... I'm probably going to be paying up at the point guard position. It's probably one of the positions where I think there's very little value on the day and you really got to go up and get one of the big studs.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. I've been filtering to this late. <clears throat> That's a tough thing about this late too is because, like, you know, a, a couple of the, you get handcuffed here because one of the top plays here right now would be New Orleans, um, to target against on the, on the defensive end, but you don't like what they're doing at all at the point guard position. It really is a mess. So, I mean, you could, you could make a, 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 a potential case for, I guess, uh, Trey Burke is the only guy you could feel comfortable with, but he's really just tournaments only. You know, he's only paid off, um, you know, less than four x on his price tag in the last two contests, and then before that, he had a stretch where he went six, eight, five x, five x, nine point five. So, like, if you're gonna go cheap, that's actually gonna be my like my best recommended option in my mind because you're getting an, an elite matchup. But it's probably better to, to stay safe with him in tournaments than it is uh, to be in 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 cash games. So, mm-hmm. um, that's how I'm uh, I'm rolling that out there. Um, so. Uh, but for the most part, I'm with you for cash. Steph Curry for for, for cheap GPP. I'm going to go trade Burke, and then you really need to stay sort of above water here and take advantage of you know some of the uh, um the better options like uh, that are on the slate that are are more uh, pricier and like the Reggie Jacksons and you know Chris Paul against Milwaukee if you want if you want to pay up. So I- I'm with you there 100. percent So we can move on to here to shooting our position here. Um, Benny, let's go ahead and talk about your top cash and GPP options.
2: Yeah, there's. Again, a couple guys that I'm looking at, you know that that Phoenix team plays at a high pace. I, I wouldn't pay up for, you know, Butler or Bledsoe really today. And it's not that I don't like them. It's just that if you're paying up at point guard, you know, you I mean, I would love to tell you guys, yeah, let's play, uh, Steph Curry, Jimmy Butler, you know, Kevin Durant, Demarcus Cousins, but you know, with the salary cap, we can't do that. So I think that one of the positions I'd be looking to save at here today is probably shooting guard because there's a couple interesting options, a couple guys who are, you know, cheaper than they have been and are still putting up some pretty good numbers. So I would look down at, um, you know, you have guys like, again, I don't know exactly what's going on in Utah, um, but Alex Burks started at the point guard the last game and then the game before that, or he started at the point guard two games ago, the last game Raul Neto started. If he's starting at the point guard again and I think he's going to see those 30, 35 minutes, he would be somebody that I'd look at. I also like his teammate Rodney Hood, who's been playing 30 minutes a game and, and you know, putting something up up there. Um, other guys who I've been using a lot lately, uh, Chris Middleton has been seeing his minutes creep up to, like, 40 minutes a game. He's had a couple big games where he's gone, like, 5 and 6 times X. Um, so that's a price range I'd look at. You got uh, Raymond Felton, who, even with uh, Darren Williams back last game, you know, still went 6X value, so he's still under 5K. He's definitely somebody that I like. Uh, Cantavius Caldwell Pope has had some huge games lately. You know, five X, ten X, five X, had a bad game with four X, and then six X, seven X in his last six. So he's another guy that I'd look at. And if I was paying up a little more, like I said, Clay Thompson makes a little bit of sense to me. Um also Wesley Matthews, who we know is playing more minutes, he's another guy that makes some sense to me. So I think there's a lot of guys in that mid tier and like that forty five to six thousand dollar range that I would be looking to roll here, um, you know, depending on how things work out, and you know who I thought was in the uh, you know the best situation. If if there's no other value that opens up at that position,
1: uh, I totally agree with you there as well. I like uh, those recommendations. I'm still going back to the well at Wesley Matthews, and I actually like the fact that he sort of stumbled a little bit. Just 21 fancy points on DraftKings in his last game uh, uh, on Monday. So, uh, but you take a look at the matchup and the production, uh, check out the last four games prior to this. 6.8, 6.1, 5.8, and 12.3x with a 34, um, and 16 with 10 trades. So the ceiling is through the roof on Wesley Matthews and he's a pretty safe cash floor too, although the price has risen above 4k. It never should have been a below 4k in the, in, in the first place for me. I'm just going to take advantage on DraftKings here with Indiana who has, we know has, um, Monte Ellis at the shooting art position. They give it the single most uh, fantasy points to opposing shooting guards in the NBA. So there's my spot to take advantage for cash and GPPs. If I'm not going up top here um, with some of the, uh, the uh, more expensive players, West Matthews to me is, is a lock play at the shooting guard position. Alright, let's go ahead and talk about small forward now, Benny here. Top cash and GPP plays for Wednesday.
2: Yeah, this is actually another spot that I'm saving. Again, not because I don't like the guys up top, but I don't like the value equation that the guys up top offer for you. The two guys who I'm looking at um you know we talked about it last time with the Memphis team Memphis is going with Gasol at center and then they're going kind of smaller with a uh, you know one of these you know small ball lineups as we like to call it where Jeff Green's playing the 4 and with the injury to Tony um Tony Allen who again I'm not sure if he's definitely going to be out or not you also have Matt Barnes in the same situation so for like that 45 to $5000 price range you got guys like um Matt Barnes and Jeff Green who have been putting up 35 to 40 fantasy points, you know, 6, 7, 8x value over the last week or so, those would probably be some other guys that I'd be looking at here, again, so I could save money at the position in order to fit in a, a Steph or a Westbrook or a Lillard or, you know, whichever one of those big point guard options that you want. I think you've been getting such good value and, you know, extra minutes, extra usage out of a guy like Jeff Green that he's probably my top option. Um, but I also like Matt Barnes as well. But I think that Green would probably be my number one, especially if you're going to be able to keep getting him at like 45, 4,600. You know, for me, a guy at 45, 4,600 that's now playing 40 minutes or more and putting up 30-plus fantasy points is almost an automatic no-brainer because he's been giving you – Basically seven x over his last two games.
1: Yeah, that makes a, a ton of sense overall. Uh, another guy that I want to talk about here that they've sort of been flip flopping here, but is definitely trending in the right direction and still very cheap is Kent Bazemore um, at just five mm-hmm. k in his last game on DraftKings. Get jumped back into the starting line. got huge minutes and put together one of his best games of his career: twenty eight points, three threes, five rebounds, two assists, a steal, and a block. stuffs the stat box here with forty one fancy points, good for eight point three x. Had a little bit of a bump in the road, but like I said, I, I throw. Out every game log against the San Antonio Spurs. It's almost like it didn't happen to me because A, Mm. I never played them in DFS anyway, uh, you know, for the most part, uh, and B, um, you take a look at, like, if I just erase that 3.6x and 18 fancy points that he got, I go from 8.3x to 6.4 to 5.6 to 6.4, and then I'm happy. You know, uh, I've, I've, uh, successfully removed the Spurs from my mind and I love the play for cash and GPPs. He's, he's going to be uh, a top option for me somewhere at small forward or the forward position, depending if I pay up or down. But regardless, I'll be locking Kent Bazemore into my lineup, elite matchup against this, um, the, um, the Philadelphia 76ers as well. Um, so, and by the way, I want to just give a quick honorable mention to Jeremy Grant, who just went ham, um, in his last matchup there. You, this guy's, you know, GPP only for sure, but pops up here with, a line that you never thought would almost get 30 fancy points, but 6.6 rebounds, 3 assists, and 5 blocks. Good for yes. 30 fancy points and 6 I just want
2: to say, I told everybody yesterday to play him, and here's the reason why so you guys understand. When Nerland's Noel is out, mm-hmm. he I, earlier in the season when Covington was out, he was coming in as a small forward role, which is fine. He was getting the minutes and all that. But when Noel is out, he plays the power forward role. And he didn't even have a great rebounding game yesterday, but he is somebody who is cheap enough that if he's going to get you, you know, the the again, he didn't even have a great scoring game yesterday, but he does block shots and he does normally grab a lot of rebounds, especially when he's playing that power forward role. Uh And with Noel out, they really don't have a lot of other guys there, so he's going to get huge minutes. If you're getting a guy who's going to get huge minutes at a low cost – and is going to be in the power forward role where he's not only going to get some points and blocks, but he's also going to get you those increased rebounds, he becomes a great play. And I told everybody yesterday that he was a great play and somebody that they should have played, and I had a couple people tweet at me last night and say, oh, that was a great call on Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant, when he plays the power forward role, if his price is cheap, is always going to be in play. So he's always somebody that you got to look at, as long as he's not in like a horrendous matchup.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you, one thousand percent. So I just wanted to throw that out there. All right, before we move on to the power forward position here, Benny, we want to let you know uh, that if you haven't yet checked out fantasydraft.com, we mentioned the flexible lineup that I talked about you to, uh, to you listeners here. For those of you who are um, looking for just an easier time to set your your lineups here and try to get all the the, the players that you love to get into your matchups, take advantage there. Just three guards, three forwards, two utility players. Larger payout zone than almost any other site with at least twenty five percent of the prize being paid back in their guaranteed contests. They have a level playing field that allows no more than twenty entries per user in any contest. So you don't have to worry about any Max Delleries or any Benny Ricciardis firing up two hundred lineups. Uh,
2: I don't. I don't ever fire two hundred lineups. I don't have that kind of bankroll. All
1: right, uh, we'll say one eighty. <laughs> we'll we'll just okay. we'll, we'll cap them a little bit. Yeah, just kidding. All right, Uh, more of your entry fees go directly to the payout zone. They do nice things like um run rake-free GPPs just at random here. And they're like, hey, we're not going to charge you anything. All the money's going back to the prize pool in this, in this contest. So great stuff like that. So make sure you head on to, over to FantasyDraft.com today and use the promo code ROTOZONE for a 100% deposit bonus over at FantasyDraft.com. That is FantasyDraft.com. All right, power forward time here, Benny. Give me what you got.
2: Okay, um... You know what? Honestly, it's it's a very tough position here today. The guy who I I have been you know kind of kicking around is Paul Millsap, especially for cash. You know, I talk about Millsap all the time. You know, some people say he's kind of boring, but I'll take a boring five to five and a half x in my cash games pretty much any day of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, that's you know perfectly fine. I'm not going to get upset about it. Other than that, though, I think I'd probably wind up going down, you know, a little bit more towards the lower end. Um, you got guys like John luer who we talk about all the time. You know, even with his price rising now, his minutes are up above 30 lately, basically. He's been putting up 25 to 35 fantasy points, so he's giving you 5 to 6x. Um, if you want somebody who's a little riskier but might have more upside on a per-dollar basis, uh, Ersan Ilyasova has you know, basically become like a monster over the last couple games. He had a really tough matchup with Blake Griffin where he didn't play a ton of minutes last game, which is understandable because, you know, Blake is is one of the best players that we have in the league, even though some people aren't big fans of him. So I can understand that he had a tough game there. But you look at the games before that, against Indiana, he went 7x. Against Philly, he went 8x. Against a tough Memphis defense, he went 6- 6x. Against, uh, Charlotte, he went 8x, had a bad, <clears throat> excuse me, a bad game against the Lakers where he got in foul trouble. So you can excuse that. And then Milwaukee and Phoenix, the two games before that, he went five and a half and seven times value. So you've been getting some great production out of Ursan Ilyasova at a really low cost and giving you very good, you know, points per dollar scale, giving you very good upside on it. So, you know, he's somebody that I'm looking to roll out there in a lot of my lineups as well today.
1: Yeah, I totally uh, agree with you there as well. There's you, you, you need to take a look at some of the value options here. I am going to try to pay up in some contests here for Draymond Green at 8200 um the last mm-hmm. couple of days pricing here. Um In three of the past four games, he's paid off 5.7x or higher, uh, nearly hit a triple-double in both these last two games here. One was, I mean, obviously overtime in Boston. He went for 24-11, eight, um, eight assists, five steals. People don't realize he's averaging six, seven assists per game. Seven assists per game from a power forward who is a defensive stalwart is really insane. Okay, and I actually I'm buying into the revenge narrative that's just going to be like it really isn't even Phoenix's fault except for the fact that they just lost their last game and they have a couple days off from the, from their, I think they last played on Friday. And it's now, um, now here we're back to Wednesday. So they got the full four days of rest after coming off a brutal seven game road trip. Um, and Draymond Green, I think they're going to be just chomping at the bit at home to get back in action in the top total on the board. And you're going to see Draymond Green flying around. And it's a, an elite matchup for Draymond Green too against John Lure, who has no chance to match him athletically on either side of the floor. So I love Draymond Green if you have the chance to pay up at, at just above 8K on, on DraftKings in this matchup. All right, center position to put a bow on the show here, Benny. Give me what you got.
2: Yeah, I'm actually looking to save a little bit at this position too. There's two guys in that mid six k price range that um, you know are stuff that are, are two guys that I'm looking at, and they're actually going up against each other. Um, Okafor, when Nerland's Noel is out, actually cares a little bit more about grabbing some rebounds. Uh-huh. So we saw this earlier in the season when Noel was out. I don't know if Noel is going to be back. I don't know how serious that, you know, he, he's he got like a scratch to his cornea or something. So that seems like a pretty serious thing. He may be out for, you know, a couple games. I don't think it's going to keep him out for months, but it might keep him out for at least a couple more days. So if uh, Noel is out, I really like Okafor. He's been putting up like 7x value, 5.5x value in his last couple games. And he's priced like a big step down from some of the other centers that you would use that are in the 7 to 8k price range. So if you can get a guy like Okafor in the six K price range, I think that's a pretty good deal. I also like Al Horford going up against him on the other side. Now, Horford hasn't been great. He's basically only been going about, like, 5X or, or around there or lower in his last couple games. He's seen his price come down a little bit. But one thing that we've noticed all season is that starting centers against Philly has been, you know, basically like printing money. So I do think that he's in a good spot. And then the guy who... I think most people just really aren't using because he's coming off the bench and, and all that stuff is um, Joe Kim Noah. But if you look at Noah's game logs, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight games, he's had five and a half X or better. Uh, he's been playing a lot, a, a few, I'm not going to say a lot more minutes, but a few more minutes, probably averaging somewhere between 25 and 30 right now and, you know, putting up somewhere between 25 and 40 fantasy points And he's doing it at less than 5K. So he's giving you a floor of a little bit over 5X and a ceiling of you know 8 or 9X at this point. So he's another guy that I would look at. I've actually been using him a bunch. I've seen his name a bunch on a lot of the rosters that wind up at the top of these tournaments. So if you want to, you could even roll two of these guys out there where you could pay up for another stud. Maybe fit in even a Westbrook and a Curry today. And, you know, use a guy like Noah at the center position and some of these other value guys that we told you about to round it out. I really think that the position you want to pay up here is point guard. So I think there's enough value at the other positions that I don't see at the point guard position that that's the way I would kind of roll on, uh, you know, on Wednesday night.
1: All right. Uh, I, I agree for the most part too. I do have a couple of TPs that, that you can make a case for right now and they're a little bit uneven. Actually, jo- Joakim Noah, believe it or not, has been. Um, cash safe with GPP upside there. Scored 41 points in uh, his matchup. It was against Philly, so you have to take that with a little bit of a grain of salt there. Um, And he, you know, the last couple matchups were a little bit tougher there. He did still score 25 points against um, DeAndre Jordan, uh, there with 13 rebounds, which is pretty competitive in just 20 minutes. So, um, if it is a tough matchup against Memphis, which should, you know, give you a little bit of pause, but he's 4,800 as of the last game's pricing there. So he's super cheap if you want to go, you know, punt play at the at center position. And then uh, in that same vein, Steven Adams also, who's actually even cheaper, uh, went down to 3,800 as of the last price, ta- uh, pricing there has been uneven in sort of in terms of, you know, his production due is flipping between 5.5x and, or higher and two to 3x, uh, in some Tougher matchups, but the matchup is elite today among these two options. With Portland on on the slate, we know that Mason Plumlee and Myers Leonard and the entire front line really is just a mess overall, and they're not great defensively. So, and Stephen Adams has been getting more minutes than Joe Kim knows. So, if you want a better matchup and a cheaper price, and you're you're okay with gambling on the uh, the uneven production because of the uh, defensive matchup, which is elite, then you could definitely make a case for Stephen Adams today at at the 4K price range. So, those are my two cheapies uh, for the Wednesday slate. And that's going to wrap it up for today's show. Thanks for listening. Don't forget you can always subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher for a download convenience. You can always follow Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and send all your comments, complaints, and questions to me at Josh JoshHayesFS. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time.